I know a gentleman that's going to be a big part of an upcoming card is this, this man. What was that? Macho man Randy Savage. Happened so fast you can't even talk about it. Lucky person, yeah, out there somewhere is gonna win a silver cloud. What a lucky, lucky, lucky person. And Tito Santana, if you mm. go to the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship out with the Macho Man Randy Savage and escape with your life and still lose your belt. You are a lucky, lucky, lucky Tito. Yeah, that's what they're gonna be calling you. Cause comparatively speaking to the macho man Randy Savage, you are nothing but garbage, yeah. Nothing but garbage, Gaina. And I'm talking inevitable, and I'm talking you can't hold that belt with me climbing through the ropes. Gene Okerling right here is a crying towel. And I want you to give that to Tito Santana. Yeah, because things are just popping right now. Things are starting to cultivate. Things are starting to grow. I, I, things are getting real colorful. Oh, look at that roll. Just like the silver cloud Rolls Royce. I, I'm very Top curious. Top of the line. Wait a minute. Randy. Oh, yeah. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. It's time, once again. New Sports Desk. Hey, bro, you listening to the Sports Desk. Hey, this would do some lunch sports, man. Come on, now. You're listening to the Sports Show. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the Sports Desk. I'm your man, one more time, Desert L. Hicks Jr., one of your favorite sportsologists. And remember, folks, that I am always here to give it to you raw and uncut. And it's your man, Black. We back in the building for another episode, one of your favorite sportsologists in the building. Yes, we got a lot to get into today. Of course, it's still NBA playoff season, so of course, we'll break down each series. We have some, um, some quite interesting questions pop up in the fantasy world of sports today. We'll be talking about that. We'll also be diving into UFC 263, reviewing the entire card that took place on this past Saturday night. And also, we'll touch on a little bit of boxing news, and we'll find out what's going on in the boxing world. But, Black, before we get started, man, it was an interesting uh, interesting uh, dilemma, I guess. Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal put myself and others through uh, with this... Uh, this what if scenario. So Shaq uh, took to Instagram uh, the other day and said, I really can't answer this one. So I'm asking you who you got in the best of seven series. And it's a three on three situation. The first team is LeBron James, Michael Jordan and Kyrie Irving. Formidable duo against Kevin Durant, Kobe Bean Bryant and Wardell Stephen Curry. Another Formidable trio. Best of seven. Best of seven, Black. I've I've had a few days to sit with this because I knew that we would be talking about this on the show. Uh, so let's kick it off with you. LeBron, Jordan, and Kyrie. KD, Kobe, and Wardell. Black, right now, who wins in a seven-game series Against arguably, not arguably, against probably all six of these guys are 20 of the top players that ever play in NBA history. 
What you got, man? Don't be rubbing your face. Look at that. Be crazy. You had a couple days to think about it. Three <laughs> on three. Braun, Joe, and Kyrie. Durant, Kobe, Wardell. I'm going to sip on this uh, Anger Orchard. Yeah, my boy, uh, uh, when I sent this to you, man, I looked at it. And as soon as I seen it, I was like, by God. By God. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, so it's 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 a real difficult one, but I made a decision and I have to live with my decision. So D, I'm gonna go Kobe Bryant, Wardell Curry, and Kevin Durant. <laughs> okay. Um I still don't know uh who I pick. One day I pick Kobe in the game, and next pick I pick LeBron in the game. But I just started, of course, me. I, I think so deeply uh, into matchups and what would happen here. Who would Jordan guard? Who would LeBron guard? And who would mm. Kyrie guard? I just started, you know, going through the scenarios. And mm. on the defensive side is where this game, this series could be won. If you stick a Michael Jordan on LeBron James, I mean, a Michael Jordan on Stephen Curry, that's difficult. That's difficult for stuff to deal with. If you stick LeBron James on a Kobe Bryant and a Kevin Durant, that's difficult for either one of those guys to handle. Could they over- overcome it? Absolutely they could. But I think this game will come down to the point guards. It'll come down to Kyrie Irving. It'll come down to Steph Curry. And I've seen that movie before. Mmm. I've seen that movie before, but I never go against my dog. <laughs> With all that being said, I never get, I never go against him. So I'm gonna take Kobe, KD, and Steph to knock. D, it was really hard, bro. To knock off LeBron, Michael, God. and Kyrie in the seven game series, one eleven to one ten. That'll be game seven, one eleven, one ten. Somebody just. Throw, I mean, Kobe just puts up a prayer and they win it by one point uh, to get out of that series. I mean, you can't go wrong either way. Yeah. This is really fun for Shaq uh, to put together. But I, this was the best one that I had seen. Because, you know, they always put these mm. uh, scenarios of what else. But this is the best one I've seen. This is the best one I've seen yeah. by far. I just want to say, LeBron, if you just so happen to be on social media and somehow come across our page. If you just so happen to hear this. Just, you know, skip over this little part, brother, because we really, in our hearts, we, you know where our hearts really lay. But, man, just looking at these matchups, it's, 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 it'll be really difficult for you, Jordan, and Kyrie, man. You talking about, <laughs> you talking about three of the best scores of all time on one team. It just I, don't matter it, either it, way. It just don't matter either way. Like I'm I ain't saying, trying to cut you off, but I'm just saying, like, I don't want you to say something that it's the same argument for the other team. You know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it does. It, there's to me, there's no, there's no, no one has the advantage going into this series. And the only reason I'm picking Kobe because you know Kobe is my guy, and I'm gonna take him in Game Seven, one eleven, one ten. One Hail Mary shot from Kobe to win the game. I mean, that's that's just the best scenario I can be with say without being disrespectful. Mm. That's how I'm living. So either way it go, this matchup is so polarized, man. And we would love to hear. We would love to hear what you guys uh think. You know, who would you pick in the game with LeBron, Jordan, and Kyrie against Kevin Durant, Kobe Bryant, and Steph Curry? And let's even make it more interesting. All six of these players in their prime. Mm. Top tier prime. Each six of these players, top tier in their prime. But I would have to guess 
if it came down to it in this series, so Kyrie we, and Steph. So you going hard. so you going prime now? Yeah, you got to. You well, gotta I gotta switch my pick and, then. You gotta make if you're going prime. Well, why would you switch your pick? What's the difference? Like, well, what, what is it to think it's about? It's the difference, bro. What you mean? <laughs> what you mean? What's the difference? I mean, uh, what's the, I don't what see no difference. difference. What, I mean, so what you gonna pick them? What, what, what would you pick in Kobe them on the strength of what? They beginning years, their latter years. No, I mean, of course no, not. I mean, you picking them as overall players, right? It's overall, but you just said prime years. I mean, I'm just saying, like you gotta if you get this kind of match. If we was to ever, if we would have ever got this matchup. You would want it to be prime affair, you know, a prime affair. But either way it go, it really don't matter. If you would have asked me this 30 minutes ago, I would have took LeBron and Jordan and Kyrie. Mm-mm. But every time I look at that purple and I go, that's my guy right there. So I ain't, even when it was ignorant to pick, pick the Lakers in series, I was picking them. It didn't matter. I was picking them because I'm going down with my boy Bean, man. I'm going down with him. All right, man. So that's pretty fun. So y'all let us know who y'all would have in that matchup. All right, but let's transition real quick, man. We had a... Uh, <sighs> we had a we had a little conversation that well a comment that came about that kind of really ruffled the uh, basketball world's feathers so to speak. Stephen A. Smith was on first tape, and this was after the Jazz had went up two games and nothing on the Clippers. Donovan Mitchell had played phenomenal in both of those games. Um, Jazz up 2-0, and Stephen A. In my opinion, comes on just. Oh my God, just caught up in the moment and rolls out on this show that Donovan Mitchell is Donovan Mitchell's the greatest player in Utah Jazz history. And, and when I heard that, it made me cringe and made my body almost lock up when I heard Stephen A say that. And I'll be, man, you haven't talked about this, so I'll be interested to hear what you think about that, Black. Black, did Stephen A's comments register with you? Is Donovan Mitchell the greatest player in Utah Jazz history? And if he is, I sure would like, like for you to tell me why. Um, <clears throat> I didn't agree with Stephen A. Stephen A is known to say some outrageous things out of his mouth. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I don't I don't agree with him on this at all. Uh is, is Donovan Mitchell uh top three greatest? I, w- I would say yes. I would say yes, but he's not the greatest jazz of all time. Carl Malone will always have that until, one, Donovan Mitchell can win the NBA championship. And that's just that. That's just that. If Until he can win the NBA championship for the Utah Jazz, Carl Malone will be the greatest Utah uh, Utah jazz player of all time. You you just can't put Donovan Mitchell over the mailman. Just look at look at the mailman's career and then look at Donovan Mitchell. We talking about what uh two time uh MVP. MVP. Yep. Look, and we talk about one of the greatest scores of the basketball all time. Who's on uh who's up to on on the list? Yeah. Like it's 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 very tough to put Donovan Mitchell uh atop as the great Utah Jazz. Not saying Donovan Mitchell is not deserving. The way this kid is playing, the way he he's coming to lead, tearing it up, the kid can fill it up. But I think that's a lot to I think that's a lot to say about the about the kid right now. Uh, from what he's doing, we've we've seen a lot of great players. We've seen a lot of young great players do a lot of uh, great things. But I can't I can't agree with Stephen A. with this one D and say that uh, Donovan Mitchell is the greatest Jazz of all time. Carl Malone will have that until Donovan Mitchell can win an NBA championship. Yeah, uh, Stephen A. need to take his own advice and stay off the weed. 
That's what he need to do. Because when this came out of his mouth, obviously he was caught up in the moment. And Donovan has been playing exceptionally well. But come on, he's not even top two. John Stockton is still a better Utah Jazz franchise player than Donovan Mitchell. Now, if you want to talk about athleticism and who's more athletic, of course. Of course, Donovan Mitchell is the more athletic, exciting, entertaining player, so to speak. But when you talk about the foundation of that organization, the two best players still remain Carmelo, John Stockton. Like Black said, Carmelo, multiple MVP winner, top five scoring, uh, 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 NBA player of all time. John Stockton, number one assist leader of all time. Um, they went to NBA Finals. I mean, just Utah was relevant the entire time they were there. The entire time they were there. They competed the entire time they were there. So Donovan got a lot of a lot of work to do. I don't even think Donovan is, should be even be in a conversation of greatest Utah Jazz player right now. It's, it's kind of asinine for Stephen A to be so caught up in the moment. And I'm guessing Stephen A probably would rescind those comments if once he settled down and thought about what the hell he was saying out his mouth, which was just crazy. And you've seen all the reactions all over, all over social media. And I was like, man, like, Stephen A caught a lot of heat for that. Mm-hmm. He caught a lot of heat for that, and a lot of people, you know, people around the league and looking fans in particular, crazy. they looking like, man, what you talking about? <laughs> I mean, okay, the kids having a great playoff, but God, bro, like, relax. Relax. The young man ain't even been out the first round yet. I mean, now, this year is his first time out the first round. I mean, no conference uh, final appearances, obviously no NBA finals appearances. He hasn't won no award. He has been first team all NBA. Like, come on. You know what I'm saying, Stephen A? You got to relax, bro. You gotta relax. So but yeah, go if ahead. you, it, 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 let's just say if he was to get to a finals and win it, would that would that be a conversation? Or you don't even think a championship, or even make it him the greatest? We talking about Carl Malone and and John Stockton, who had almost what twenty years of of an exceptional career. I mean, if okay. Donovan wins a title, of course he's going to be in the conversation. But, but if, even with the, that's what I'm saying. Even with the championship, it's it's still not. He still is not the greatest. I kind of feel like we can't even answer this question until Donovan is a decade in to okay. the league. Okay. I kind of feel like this is super super premature. And don't get me wrong, if Donovan wins a championship this year in his what fourth season, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, I have I would have no reason that he would not continue on. And be a great player and, and surpass Malone. But not the greatest jazz, Utah Jazz player Yeah, of I just all think time. that conversation doesn't need to even... Happen. Yeah. Okay, Like, gotcha. wh- why Why is it even brought up? It's too early for it. It's way too early. Okay. You look at these guys in the history books, and they're literally one and two in the, mo- in, in the most important categories yeah. in NBA history. Absolutely. So, <laughs> I guess Stephen A was hype, man, but yo, my guy, you need to kind of relax there, all right? All right, so we're going to transition to our sound of the week. This is going to give us some more conversation. And I'm really interested. I'm pretty sure Black Pride heard this clip, but I want to talk about it on the show today. So uh, I'm going to play this clip, and we'll see uh, how Black feels about that. I'll tell you a story real quick. A couple years ago, we had a holiday party for KD's business, okay? And we're all there. Everybody's hanging out. And I went on TV on Get Up that day and said, Giannis was destroying people in the league. And I said, you know what? When I think about Giannis, it's like AD and Kevin Durant had a baby to a degree. Size, length. I'm not saying skill set. I'm just saying the way he played, right? Gave the breakdown. Kevin Durant comes up to me at the club and says, yo, don't you ever compare me to Giannis again. Don't you ever do that. I was like, Kev, what are you talking about? Calm down. First off, I'm talking about scenarios, like stylistically, the way you guys play a little bit, size, length. He's like, nah, don't ever compare that dude to me. Don't do it. I felt that in his voice at that moment that when this matchup came up, I'm like, oh, this is 
a proven moment opportunity for Kevin to show everybody he's not on the same page with me. I'll tell you a story real quick. A couple years so, yeah, so that was Jay Will on his podcast uh, earlier this week, referencing the story that took place uh, with Kevin Durant approaching him and, and taking offense to being compared to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, before we talk about the actual conversation there, I find it extremely hilarious that a lot of the NBA uh, former players, they don't mess with Jay Williams. I mean, I've seen uh, 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 Steven Jack come out and 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 uh, Gibble. A lot of players came out against this comment, basically calling Jason Williams a liar. And they say he fluffs up a lot of stories. They say Jay Williams ain't credible on TV. I was reading the comments on this post, on this post. I'm like, dog, Jay Williams don't really get a lot of love. And then KD came out on the other end and said, yo, like, I don't even know why he even... You know, got up there and talked about that. I don't I don't really appreciate Jason Williams, quote unquote, trying to speak for me. You know what I'm saying? But I feel him on that because Jay Will, if I was a reporter, if one day somehow, some way, me and Black make it out into the big world and we invited to these big time parties, and let's just use around this time, um Melo LaMelo Ball. He could be the the hit guy. And LaMelo Ball hoard our show. Mm-hmm. And he walks up to me and he goes, Hey D man, you know. I know John Morant nice, you know what I'm saying? But look here, bro, like me and John Morant, we ain't on the same level. You know what I'm saying? Like, we ain't even close. I don't see your comparison. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, like, you you got to chill with that. I'm my own and John Morant on. Like, if, if he came at me like that, first of all, I'm not going to take it no kind of way. It's a conversation of his opinion and what he thinks because he's the player involved. I would have left it at that. For Jay Will to come out and use something two years ago to try to validate a playoff series between these two now, like this is a, a proven point for KD, I just kind of think that was weak. I kind of think Jay Will was kind of reaching for some content. And it wasn't, that's just my opinion. I don't know if I'm overthinking it, but I'm like, bro, what was the need to even say this? So I felt KD like, bro, what you, this three years ago. Like I ain't spoke about this. You know what I'm saying? Like you trying to make it seem like I, I just said this. And he didn't say it. So even though we know KD is sensitive, I got to go with KD on this. Like, Jason Williams is helping paint something that is nothing, pretty much, because this was three years ago, three years ago. But anyway, I just wanted to say that. But how do you feel about KD at that time, you know, being pissed off about, you know, Jay Will using him and Giannis basically as being on the same level? Well, well, it's a Asadon comment anyway. Yeah. You know, I just don't I just don't I wouldn't put KD and Giannis in the same conversation. Cause they're two totally different players, and uh, for one thing, I think I think the reason why Jay Will felt like he had to put this out there because <laughs> KD had just got through killing Giannis in Game Two. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, killing him. So, and then on the next show, the next day, this when this comment came out. So, I don't know why Jay Will would even bring this up three years later. You know, I guess it was something good he wanted to say on the podcast to get a reaction out of people or, or see what people would say. About this comment, but uh, KD is not wrong. I'm I'm, I'm not going to say KD was wrong either for for going on and saying, bro, that's three years ago. You know this and that. Would just you like, agree that it would paint like an energy that was happening right now? Like KD just said that? No, nah, no. Nah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely painted like like yeah, he, like he just said yeah, it. Yeah. If 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 you a basketball guy and you watch basketball and you just looked at how he did Giannis, you would you would think it was something right. that that just happened. Right, right, right. right but right, it's right. but it's nothing that just happened. You know, we're seeing we're seeing great playoff basketball. We're seeing Kevin Durant, who's been in big moments in playoff basketball. 
make great plays and do great things in the playoffs. So I think that should have just been left at, left at that. I believe that's why Jay Will reached so bad because of how how bad KD had made Giannis look in Game Two. And then, uh, and then, like I said, that's when the comment came on the next day on the on the podcast. But Jay Will just need to pump his brakes a little bit. Like, man, these guys, you know, uh, from what I from what I thought, you know, Jay Will and KD were kind of cool. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, like you said, if it's if it's stuff, you know, that's if that's that man's opinion, and we gonna leave it there. You know, we not sure, finna sure, bring sure, we sure. not we not finna bring it here because if it's something that's not relevant, you know, we know it ain't true. Cause I would never con- I would never put those two players on the same pedestal because they're yeah. totally two different players. But yeah, Jay Will just gotta chill out and watch the things he say, man, on the podcast. It'll kinda get you in trouble, my guy. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. how I seen it. I, we could be blowing we could be blowing it over uh out of comp- out of proportion, but I I, I just I just listened to what Jay Will was saying, and it didn't make sense. The comparison of Giannis and KD, there is none. It's not. It's not at For all. For him to say Giannis and KD made a baby, if, if if somebody made a baby with those two, blah, 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 they would come out looking like Giannis. No. Not that's, that's not the case, because we all know what, what is KD. He's skill. He's superb skill. Mm. He is a alien-like talent scoring the basketball, and Giannis is not. Giannis is a freak of nature with brute force and strength, you know. So I definitely don't get the comparison, but I could definitely see how I ruffle KD's feathers. And like I said, I thought it was quite a quite, you know, eye-opening to see uh, a lot of former NBA players and you know just kind of come out and speak to the fact that you know they said basically it was a slow news day for Jay Will to come out <laughs> and, and, and say that. So I mean that's just me because me and Black we report sports. You know, we cover sports, so it kind of resonated with me when I heard Jay Will do that. So, yeah, it was just something I wanted to bring up and uh, see how uh, Black felt about it. All right, man, we're going to go ahead and get into our tweet of the week. And Black, the king has spoke, man. The king had came out and spoke. And Black, we're going to read what uh, LeBron James had to say on this past, I believe it was Thursday. Um, Tuesday, excuse me. LeBron comes out out of nowhere with the tweet. He says, uh, he, he posted a clip from uh, Gladiator. Gladiator and the part in Gladiator when, you know, the king was trying to talk down on uh, old boy. And he came back and hit him with one of the toughest lines uh, in movie history. And, and LeBron goes, promise you I will. Count me out if you want to. The man in the arena, the kid from Akron. Sort of like a subliminal shot right before the playoffs took place because, you know, the narrative has switched. Everything is off LeBron, off the Lakers, rightfully so, because they lost. And now you're dealing with what's going on in the league. But Black, when LeBron sends warning shots like this, I want to know, do you like them? And how do you feel about LeBron, quote unquote, warning the league of, you know, warning them that he's not done and be careful what you wish for, so to speak? How do you uh, feel about the comment? Well, LeBron is going home. The Lakers are going home. I really don't think LeBron has anything else left to prove. I don't think he has to make comments like like that about, uh, you know, basically putting some respect on his name. Or he's not done. Uh, true LeBron fans and, and people who watch basketball should know that LeBron is a great player. I don't think he need to say it in a post because he didn't, he's done – He's done great things in this NBA. He's been the face of the league. He's done everything. Four-time MVP, four-time champion. Like, I don't, I, <clears throat> the comment 
it didn't do anything for me. I already know what to expect from LeBron. And, you know, other people who follow LeBron and like LeBron, even the haters know what to expect from LeBron. When something like him, either he go home, go home early or he takes an exit or don't don't make the playoffs. So uh, the, the post didn't do much for me, but it was fun to see because, you know, I'm a LeBron fan, you know, so. It gets to, it get the juices flowing a little bit, but you know I don't think I don't I don't think it was needed because we all we all expect LeBron to be back uh, next year and uh, and and do great things. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it real. I just wish LeBron would just chill. Like I wish LeBron would chill. Like this man is arguably the greatest player to ever play the game of basketball. He went home in six games in the first round to the Phoenix Suns. And oh my bad. He went home in six games against the Phoenix Suns and I, I don't I don't want to see this. This doesn't do nothing for me. You know, for LeBron to send warning shots or whatever you want to call it. Like it's it's pointless at this point in his career. And I feel you, you know, does 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 uh LeBron have anything to prove? No, of course he doesn't. Of course he doesn't have anything to prove. But he's going into year 19. And let's call it what it is. It might hurt to say, but it's the truth. LeBron did not look like LeBron when he came back from injury. Was he still productive? Yes. Was he still one of the best players in the league, even at what, probably 80%? Of course. Of course he was. But for him to send out little warning shots like this, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it because the last time LeBron sent out a warning shot, he said a thunderstorm was coming. Right before him and AD made their returns and the Lakers went home in the first round. So I'm just not a fan of it. Don't get me wrong, like, it's during the NBA playoffs. If he would have said this in the offseason with some workout videos, something like that, I would have got hyped. New season coming. Opportunity for LeBron to show us what's up. But it's the second round of the playoffs. LeBron, just go promote Space Jam. Have fun with your family. Vacation, heal up, rest up. Stay away from basketball. In my opinion, LeBron should just stay away from basketball right now. Like, I don't want to hear from them right now. Matter of fact, I don't want to hear from none of them right now that were purple and gold. Go put the work in as we build up coming into the season. Let's see what's up then. I kind of feel like he kind of took some of the shine away from the guys that are still in the playoffs. I'm just keeping it real. I'm not a fan of it. And I think LeBron should have probably put it out another Instagram post about promoting Space Jam. <laughs> in my opinion And I love you bro You know I do So if you just so happen to hear this Don't come at your dog You and Mav Y'all chill You know what I'm saying I'm just keeping it real yeah, Don't yeah. don't send Mav Your homeboy away man I, I, I could believe I could believe the reason Why he made that post Is because he had been Hitting a lot of noise Yeah uh, LeBron this And LeBron that hey, come LeBron with it. You couldn't lost. do this Or LeBron ain't great How could you consider him this And consider him that And look and then probably got to LeBron. It, it probably, probably got. It well, probably we, rough. We it probably rough with some feathers. Well, you we know, know LeBron sensitive. Yeah, he got a we he got that. a sensitive side. So yeah, yeah, most definitely, I can see that happening. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So yeah, man, shout out to the king. Of course, we love the king here. You know, but Brian, like, go chill, go chill with the fam, go do something with Space Jam, bro. We'll see you in a couple months. Oh yeah, shout out Drake, shout out little baby, man. You can get us anywhere, man. iTunes, Spotify, you know, anything else. Shout out, you know, talk. All right, Black, let's go ahead and transition out of that. Your favorite segments are back. Let's go ahead and get this thing kicked off with a little bit of start, bench, or cut.
in camp. You trash! You're not hooping! <laughs> Black, I think I got a good one. This might be the best ever start, bench, or cut, Black. So here we go. Now, there's three scenarios that we never got in sports. But if we ever got them, I want to know which moments would you start, would you bench, or which moment would you say, yeah, I really didn't need to see that. There was there would be no need for me to see this moment. So these are what if moments. Here we go, Black. Which one of you star bench your coat cutting? Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal never splitting up. If they stayed together, does your mind interest you to what they could have done if they never split up and they got along? Second, Michael Jordan never retiring after the first three peeps. Do you does it ever cross your mind what Jordan and the Bulls could have done? Could they could they really have won eight in a row if Mike never retired that first time? And last but not least, at their heights, at their primes, LeBron James and Kobe Bryant meeting in the NBA Finals, Black. So I want to know these hypothetical moments. Kobe and Shaq never splitting, Michael Jordan never retiring, or LeBron James and Kobe Bryant meeting in the NBA Finals. Which one you it's start? It's easy, bro. Bench. Okay, it's easy. It's wow. easy. That's yo. I'm I'm, I'm 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 starting LeBron versus Kobe. I'm starting that. I'm going to bench uh Shaq and Kobe never splitting up, and I'm cutting MJ ne- never retiring, bro. Okay. Yeah, that's it's easy for me, man. Well, that's kind of disrespectful. Easy. That's no, kind of disrespectful. It's not. It's no, not. It is. It's not it at is. all. It's well, not at all. Well, I feel like you disregarding. I'm not disregarding them. I'm just telling what it is, bro. I mean, that's cool. I, but I still I'd rather feel like not you... see eight in a row, bro. I'd rather not see that. I'd rather see Kobe versus LeBron, and I'd rather see Shaq and Kobe not splitting up. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. I mean, you get all that bass out your voice when you're talking to your homeboy, but uh, I feel like for me. I'm starting uh, Kobe and Shaq never splitting up. I would have loved to seen what they could have truly done uh, if they never would have split. I'm going to bench Michael Jordan never retiring the first time. And the reason I'm saying that is that's the height of basketball. Like, at that time when the Bulls were running wild, they were just doing immense things. The culture was impacted by the Bulls. Michael Jordan and what he was doing at the height was just unparalleled. And I'm going to cut Kobe versus LeBron. And the reason I'm going to cut Kobe versus LeBron, because that should have happened. Out of those three moments, that's the one that should have been concrete. Now, I'm not going to go into why that didn't happen, because y'all know. Kobe lived up to his side of the deal. And when LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers were the best team in the league two years in a row, record-wise, they were getting bounced by teams they shouldn't have lost to. So I feel like that was something that should have taken place more than anything. And that's just that's just me being honest about the matter. So me personally, I'm intrigued about Shaq and Kobe if they would have stayed together. And I would have been intrigued to see that Houston Rockets team with Akeem in his prime against Jordan and the Bulls coming off three in a row, seeing what that matchup would have been like. Because I remember how dominant Hakeem was in those two back-to-back titles against a young Shaq and a seasoned Pat Ewing, and the Bulls had no center. They didn't have one. 
So I would have loved to seen what that would have looked like. So yeah, so that's our start bench and cut. So y'all let me know what y'all think. Would you want to see Kobe and Shaq never break up? Would you want to see Michael and the Bulls continue their run without Mike retiring the first time? Or would you would you have rather seen LeBron James and Kobe Bryant in the NBA Finals? Okay. All right, we're going to transition over until into our top five. And we got a pretty good one here. We got a nice youth movement uh, going on uh, in the National Basketball Association. I'll tell you what I mean in just a second. Let's go ahead and get into our top five NBA players under the age 25 and under. Excuse me. Our top five NBA players, 25 years of age and younger. All right, Black, let's kick it off, man. Who you got, man? Who's your top five players? Five to one. Uh, at number five, I got Devin Booker from the Phoenix Suns. Mm. The way this kid, man, just... uh. Got rid of the Lakers in devastating fashion, man. Dropping the 40s, 47-piece, 48-piece, whatever it was, man, was great to see. And then what they're doing to Denver right now, man, it's, it's uh, the Suns just, I mean, Devin Booker and the Suns are just looking great. At number four, I got Zion Zion Williams, a man-child. Mm. I think this kid, he's, he has a high ceiling, man, and hopefully they can do something in, in, in New Orleans and get him some help out there. But I believe Zion Williams is going to be a problem in this NBA. At number three, I got Trey Young. We're looking at Trey Young now in the playoffs, man, and the things he's doing, it's, 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 it's remarkable, man. This kid has all the confidence in the world, man, to go into New York and get them out of here in five and then go to Philly game one, man, and just put up uh, crazy numbers in Philadelphia, man. It's, it's great to watch. And at number, number two, I got uh, Luka Dockage. At number two, uh, it's really nothing you can say, man. Call him Baby Bird, call him whatever you want to call him. I got him at number two, Jesus. and then at number one, I got Jason Tatum. Oh I got Jason Tatum God. at number one, Lord man. This 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 Jesus this guy Christ. can literally go get get oh you a game God. by himself, man. Fifty Jesus piece here, fifty piece Christ. there. Yeah, man. Jason Tatum <laughs> at number one. That is a joke. Mm. That is a joke that you got Jason Tatum over Luka Doncic. Dear Lord, have mercy. Uh, for me, ah. at number five, I have it was a tie for me, but I, I had no ties. No, I'm just saying. Hear me out. I had John Morant and Trey Young at number five. John Morant and Trey Young. I really couldn't decide between either of these players. I'm just keeping it real. So I had Morant and Trey Young at five. Number four, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, I mean, he is Dwayne Wade 2.0. Every time I see him play, I see Dwayne Wade. And I believe he's just going to keep getting better and better. And he's turning to a leader. I like the fact that he got leadership on this team and his team gravitates toward him. Donovan Mitchell going to be a top five player in this league for a long time. Number three, Devin Booker. I mean, the kid is just an exceptional scorer anywhere on the floor. I would love to see him increase his ability to shoot the three. But from going to the rack, Mid-range, he can shoot it through. That's not what I'm saying, but he's just deadly as an offensive player, and he's only going to get better. Uh, number two, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum has evolved, but the one thing about Tatum is I don't know how much of a 
killer instinct that he has in him. We've seen Tatum go out and have exceptional performances, but as far as being a killer, I don't see that in him. I see a kid who can really get going and never let up. But it's another thing to be a killer, and that leads me to number one, Luka Doncic, and it's not even a conversation for him not to be the number one player <laughs> 25 years and under. Like, what is there to even discuss? Because we're going to talk about that right now. Luka Doncic and Jason Tatum, what do you see that will make you think, you say this kid can take over a game at any point. Well, what the hell Luka do? Yeah, he do the same thing, but I'm just, for, for me, like, in Boston, what he's doing in Boston, man, to be able to do that by himself, he, and he got pieces by around by, by himself. How? Jalen Brown's Jalen Brown hurt. He no, hurt. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about this season. We're yeah, talking even about- last year. Even last year. But he got help, even though. Even last year. He got help, though. He got an all-first-team defensive player and, and smart. Look, man, he don't... Look, they signed Kimba Walker as well. They did, but Kimba ain't living up to no hype, man. So who what got more pay? talent, Dallas or Boston? Uh, Boston do. Okay, Boston so Boston do. But I'm saying the the the, the way Tate the way Tatum does it, the way he he can score the ball, it remind you of Kobe. It remind you of Kobe. The way this kid look, I like it. So I Devin love Booker it. Don't remind you of Kobe? No. Jesus Christ. No. Lord, have no. us some mercy. No. No. He have don't. us some mercy, dear he Lord. He can score the. You just said he can score the ball. It's a lot of people who can score the ball, but. You With Jason Tatum, Tatum like, like you Kobe. said, Tatum just said he do. You just said when the kid get going, he don't let up. We didn't see Luca let up. We didn't see Book let up. We didn't see these kids. We didn't see them let up. Okay. When Jason Tatum gone, he doesn't let up. He's not going to disappear in the fourth. He's not going to give you forty in the first three quarters and three in the fourth. He's not going to do that. He's not going to disappear. Well, you want to know they, why this is bright? You want to know why? Why D? Yeah, I know you're going to tell me why. Why? Because he has help. When Jalen Brown is giving you an additional 30 points, he ain't got to score 15 in the fourth quarter like Luka got what you, to. What you mean? Look at this. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about he doesn't let up with the help that he has. He, Luka give you 40 in the third in three quarters and then give you three in the fourth when it's most important. If shoot, if he would have scored 10 points in the fourth, they knocking the Clippers off and going to the next round. Okay, I'm not talking about this year, Black. Get that. I'm, not ta- I'm talking you, about you, period. You, the you, same you, thing was last year. So what the Boston do last same, year? What, what you the Boston do? He was able to score 50 and get his team some games that he needed to get. What's the difference between what Luka has done and Tatum's I'm done di- in the playoffs? I'm just saying, What's D, the in difference? my opinion, in my opinion. Okay, that's cool. I got it, you. It's my I'm not saying they'll never get there, but if I'm look, if I'm looking at the TV, it's like wow, man. I'm and I'm basing it. I'm basing it off of this year. What I'm seeing, I'm basing it off this year. Okay. When I look at when I'm looking at the screen and watching Tatum take on the Nets, bro, three great All Star players and get fifty and win the game and don't let up at all. That's great basketball, right there. Dude. Like, that's what I'm saying. Luca went up two nothing on a fully healthy Clippers. And then what happened? You get to game seven and you disappear in the fourth. So he you gave get you, to. Oh my god! You get this to, is wild, man. You get to game seven and okay. you disappear in the fourth. So when you're the only offensive option on this team, we've seen LeBron do. Hold on, we seen LeBron was too. No, he was not. Tatum was too. Okay. Kimber Walker wasn't on the floor. Okay. Jalen Brown wasn't on the floor. Okay. So he was the only option. Luka who's the went next, seven. Who's the next option next to him? Mark Smart? Luca went seven with nothing. And look at a very good and, 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 and who did Boston go up against? They, they went against the Nets. They got blew out four out of the five games. But then the one that he won, he got it himself without letting up. He got 50. Okay. 
Okay. He got fifty. Okay. 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 All right. I'm not. Di- I'm not dissing Luca, but I'm, I'm saying, saying I'm looking. I'm looking at it from this year and what I seen with my own eyes. Most of the seven game series against the Clippers, the games that were most important for for Dallas to win, Luca disappeared when it counted. I disagree with that, but okay. He disappeared when it counted. I disagree. Look, let's look up his numbers in the fourth when it mattered. I disagree. That's when the Clippers made their runs and took some of these leads or didn't even let Dallas come back to even have a lead. Do, do he have help? No. But shoot, if you're doing all that, bro, come on, man. Let like, give it to me in the fourth too. Well, I think you I think you are making it seem From like Tip Tatum. From Tip Tatum took on the next run, didn't stop until them clocks hit zero, my boy. Well, let me tell you something. Luka Doncic averaged 38. 10 and 12 against the Clippers. Do you know what Jason Tatum averaged against the Nets? He ain't averaged that. Okay. He ain't averaged that. As He as, had one breakout game. Do you want to know what he scored in the other three games, my boy? Do you want to know? Yeah, of he course we know. He ain't nothing like Luka Doncic. Well, okay, it's easy so, to front I mean, you, run, you telling bro. So, you telling me one game because he <laughs> no, only not scored one game. by three points. Yeah, that don't make sense. Bro, I'm not saying one game. I'm talking about the whole, I'm talking about the stuff that he did all year. This is not the only 50-point game he had. He literally put Boston on his back when he was the only option. Okay. When he was the only option and Tenful. kept it that way. Kept it going. Kept Tenful. it going. Tenful. He didn't disappear when Tenful. it mattered. Tenful. I'm looking at it from 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 that. I'm not saying okay. Luca ain't great. I, I ain't love Luca. That. I love Luca. I'm not Luka. saying you saying that. I love Luca. I love D Book. I love those guys. But when but when it mattered, Devin Booker could put his foot on your neck and don't let up, bro. Luca lets up. Okay. I understand he may be tired, whatever it is. But those are, those other guys don't get tired, and they the only option too. All right. They don't. Okay. Uh, hey. All right. All right. So y'all let us know, man. Let's let us know. So that was our top five under 25, 25 and under players. And me and Black were just talking about Luka Doncic and versus Jason Tatum. And 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 I would love to hear from you guys what y'all thought about our conversation about those two players. Obviously, we disagree mightily. And I, I personally think it's no conversation about Luka not being the best player at 25 and under in the league. So Black feels otherwise. He says it's Tatum, and that's cool. That's why we got opinions. We would love, love, love to hear what you guys thought about that conversation. And I got a feeling we'll be revisiting that uh, very, very, very soon. All right, man, we're going to transition out of our top five. Glad to get our segments back rolling here on the Sports Desk. But we're going to go ahead and jump into the National Basketball Association. And we're going to talk about these NBA playoffs, man. It's ridiculous. It's obvious what's being done out here. It's a nightly basis. I hope the world can see now what's really going on out here because it's getting ridiculous. You trash! You not hooping! Hey, bro, you listening to the sports dance. All right, it is still NBA playoff basketball time. We are still in the second round of these playoffs. We're going to go ahead and jump right into today's game that me and Black are recording on this Sunday. We just got finished up with the Bucks tying the series uh, up with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, 107 to 96, headed back to Brooklyn at 2-2, as I just stated. 
Black, let's go ahead and get into this series. Let's start with today's game, game four. We've seen some unfortunate events for Brooklyn yet again. Kyrie Irving goes down badly, badly, badly rolling that ankle. Good part is Nets came out and said all x-rays came back negative, came back clean. So he's going to have to start some rehab and see if he can start to get some mobility back in that ankle. So minus that, what was your takeaway from uh, today's game? And how do you think the series is going to shape up now that seems like Kyrie could be out for this series? But we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, I think this series could still go either e- either way. What I'm going to be watching for, the one thing I am going to be watching for moving forward before I get into the game today is if Kyrie doesn't go or James Harden can't go, how can KD handle himself the rest of this series and get Brooklyn uh past uh the Bucks? That's going to be the main thing I'm looking for. But uh, if he if if he has one of them, you know, I still believe they're going to end up they're going to beat the Bucks. But uh, I think the game today, man, was just defensively. Uh, the Bucks were very, uh, were very, very aggravating. Uh, being Nets today, and they got hot from three. They got hot from three today. So I believe that played a big part in to to get this win today. And uh, Kyrie went down in the in the first half. You know that's a that's a big loss. Could we be talking about something different if he didn't? I'm pretty sure we probably would be because before before he got hurt, the Nets were were looking great, man. Like they were going to just. Uh, Wipe the floor with the Bucks, but hey, uh, it's basketball, man. But uh, yeah, I, I believe the keys to the game today was uh, real being real tough, rugged, nasty on the defensive side, and uh, the three ball. You know, guy, when you got guys like PJ Tucker getting hot from three, you know, <laughs> you probably more than likely going to win those games. So yeah, man, I think that's uh, what it was with uh, the Bucks today to even the series up uh, two games. Uh, and we'll get into the conversation of what we think because we're a part of a group chat and we had some light conversation about Kevin Durant and, and uh, pretty much situation he is in going forward the rest of this series. But today's game, I mean, is pretty self-explanatory. The Nets came out, you know, look, they were ready to roll and Kyrie got hurt, sucked all of the confidence, all of the energy, all of whatever Brooklyn had going into this game to go 3-1, that was gone. The only player was capable of doing anything was Kevin Durant. None of the other role players were capable of doing anything. And then when you got a home crowd yelling and screaming on top of a team like the Bucks who got rejuvenated with Kyrie Irving being injured, what, what do you think is going to take place? The momentum is going to be outstanding and through the roof, and they rolled it. Now, a couple of points in this game, KD almost got him back. I believe late in the, late in the third quarter, they shrunk that lead down from 15 to 6. 10. And then I think it got closer than mm-hmm. that. He got it down to 10. No, they got it to 9. They okay. got it to 9. They got it yeah. to 9. And then Chris Middleton came back and hit that 3 and put him right back up over double digits. So a couple of times in this game, did I think that at any point in the game, the Nets was going to come and steal it? No, I did not. But they did what they had to do. Injuries are part of the game, unfortunately. We've seen them. I mean, my God, has this been an injury plague season for the uh, NBA. But um, all in all, it's 2-2. Uh, what are Giannis and Chris Middleton prepared to do going forward? Let's go ahead and go into that. <laughs> I believe that the Nets can still win this series. I believe Kevin Durant can go stupid to get two more wins and beat the Bucks. Why do I say that? Because I don't believe in Giannis and Chris Middleton at all. 
We've watched Chris Middleton through the playoffs. He's getting paid $1 trillion to average 18 points and one assist. I don't really see urgency from Chris Middleton to take that next step. Now, is he a nice complimentary third person, third player on a team? In my opinion, yeah, I think Chris Middleton is a third option. He's not a two. Giannis Antetokounmpo is abysmal from the perimeter. Why in God's green earth, every time I looked up, Giannis was shooting the three? <laughs> and then I saw Giannis on the, on the baseline on the left side of the court, put his back to the defender and try to roll his shoulders like he was Mike and do a fadeaway and absolutely airball that thing. I mean, despicable <laughs> display of shooting by Giannis Antetokounmpo. What is he doing? Budenholzer going to lose his job this offseason. Mm. I'm saying it now. Budenholzer will be fired this offseason. By God. By God. Budenholzer might not be allowed back on the team playing if they don't beat the Nets. <laughs> if Kyrie don't come back. So that's just what I'm seeing. I don't... Should the Bucks win this series if Kyrie is out and, of course, James don't return? They should. They should. They should. But I still give Kevin Durant and the Nets a shot to squeak through and make it to the conference finals because of the simple fact that Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo are not to be trusted. What you got on that, Black? Um, I, I agree with you in a sense, but uh, my thing is I I, I don't <laughs> – we didn't see a lot of great basketball and seen a lot of players do great things and – Kevin Durant has always been in a situation where he's uh he hasn't had to have pressure like this on his shoulders. And the thing I'm looking for is to see if he can he can get past the nets by himself. And if he doesn't, he doesn't get a pass. He doesn't get a pass from me. Because uh you to be considered one of the greatest, one of the greatest basketball players or the greatest, I mean, or the uh, best basketball player in the world, or the one of the greatest uh what you just called him not too long ago when you was talking to him. Uh, talking about him, uh, uh, alien, whatever you want to yeah, call him, alien talent of the basketball, basketball, inside out, whatever you want to do, and then you're not bad defensively either. I feel like the Nets, Kevin Durant, can if he can put this thing on his back. I believe D. I agree with you. He could get two more things, but it, will he do it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know because we've I've never seen it with my own two eyes. Mm-hmm. Is is it a time that you've seen it with your two eyes, D? That he's done it. I mean, he hasn't been you on know? the te- he hasn't been on the team to do it. So, well, this is this is his team. Regardless of James Harden, Kyrie being on, this is his team. It's always been his team. I mean, are you saying this due to the fact that Irvin and James aren't playing? Or are you just saying like in general, like well, like what? No, I'm what, just what saying for say? them not being on the floor, for okay, not being on the floor. Yeah, okay, like, yeah, well, he hasn't been we situation. know what Kevin Durant can do offensively. And what he can do offensively, if he if he was able to, t- to get a little bit of help from somebody, all the others, if he's able to get a little bit of help from the others, if KD just put on, like you said, great performances, he could get it. But I don't know if he can, D. I've never seen it. I know one thing was going to happen. If Kyrie or James Harden or one of them don't come back, they're going to double KD. They're going to double KD and see if everybody else can beat them. I don't know if he had it. I don't know if that's going to happen. Kevin Durant literally got to be all world to, to beat the Bucs, I believe. He's going to have to have 40, 45, and hope uh, Joe Harris, one of those guys, that's who need to step up. Joe Harris, one of those guys need to step up. He's a great three-point shooter of the basketball, bro. 
He's a great three. He led the league in three-point percentage this year. Up top three, top top two. One of them, he was up there this year. He can shoot the basketball. So you got two players on the floor that still can shoot the basketball. You may not want to give Joe Harris no credit, but he can shoot the ball. He can fill it up if he get hot. But can KD can KD get them over this hump? I would love to see it because I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk negative about KD. But we've seen other great players take team take teams on put it on their shoulders and move forward and move forward. Haven't seen that from KD yet. That's what I need to see. But if if I was a coach or anything like that, if I'm Boomhoz not to lose my job, double KD and let everybody else beat you. And who on the floor can 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 beat uh the Bucks? But uh who on the floor for the Nets other than KD can beat the Bucks? Answer me that. Nobody. Nobody. So that's my take on that. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting situation. I'm looking forward to it. This is turned into the most intriguing series of this second round. I think for a while, you know, you were looking at uh Philadelphia and uh Atlanta, I still think that's going to be a series. Mm-hmm. I don't think Atlanta's done. And then, of course, the other series that's now a, a series is Utah and, Clipper, and the Clippers. But uh, this is the most intriguing series now because the the, the 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 climate has changed. The climate has changed. Now all the – and I love the NBA. Oh, I love sports. This is why I, one of the reasons I love sports. You can go into a game or any series with expectations of teams before the series starts. But then when things happen like Kyrie getting hurt today, isn't it funny? To me, to me, all the pressure is now on Giannis. All the pressure is now on Giannis and Chris Middleton and this healthy Bucks team with Budenholzer to beat the Nets. Mm-hmm. I think all the pressure is now on them. Now, don't get me wrong. I feel everybody what they're saying, KD not going to get a pass. I understand that because how KD is being held up. Uh, in historically uh, in NBA history. So I understand that, and I'll get to that in a second. But I think KD kind of caught a break today with Kyrie going down. If they just so happen to lose, if they just so happen to win this series and even make it to the conference finals and lose, you can't say nothing about Kevin Durant. Because it's Kevin Durant, can he beat Philly by himself? I don't think he can. That's a different situation because we know who's waiting. Now, could he beat Atlanta? I don't know. Could he beat Atlanta? That'd be fun to see. Could be he beat Atlanta? Be I don't know. But Giannis, <laughs> back-to-back MVP, rank, defensive former defensive player of the year. You got your sidekick with you. Y'all brought in Drew Holiday. Y'all got P.J. Tucker. Y'all are healthy. Booted Hoser, former coach of the year. They should be drooling at the mouth to destroy and get rid of the Brooklyn Nets. And if they don't, I promise you, <laughs> me and Black will be in here for Ryan, that boy, like a well-coated <laughs> piece of chicken in the hot grease, my boy. Yeah, uh, and I didn't I didn't even think about that, D. You, you, yeah. I didn't even think about pressure being on Giannis, yeah. you know, because you automatically go to KD and I, oh. I want to see what they're going to do because you put them on the echelon with other sure. players. You, you automatically go to KD. But yeah, man. Yeah. The way people have been talking about Giannis, yeah, you get, the pressure definitely is on him just as much as it's on KD, in my opinion. But I want to say one thing. I want to bring one thing back up to you that you mm-hmm. that you talked about when we was uh, reviewing, previewing these playoff mm-hmm. games in the series or what was going to happen. And I feel like what you said is coming into play with the Brooklyn Nets now. Health. Health. You called it, and, and, and we're seeing it. Started with James Harden, not not Kyrie. Yeah. KD seemed like he's standing back. KD looked like he he may be good. 
he may be good. You know, the CKD play 40 minutes, 40, 42 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, he's good. I think he I think he gonna be okay, but you made a big point about health. And we seen it with them not being able to be on that basketball court for a long periods of time during the regular season. Would you say this is what we're seeing from them or these just freak accidents of what happened to Kyrie Irving today and James Harden in game one? I think James was not in shape starting the season. We've seen that. When he was in Houston, James was overweight. We've seen all the memes like he was in a fat suit. Mm-hmm. When you don't come into the, uh, into the season in shape, you're subject to injury. James was never in shape. He got to Brooklyn and immediately got hurt. Kyrie Irving, freak incident today. He landed on Giannis's foot, unfortunately. Freak incident. Kevin Durant is now all on him. Kevin Durant been through hamstring issues whole season. They haven't played together. The one thing I did notice today, which is so crazy, man, how the tide can change in sports. The Brooklyn Nets bench looked at really good the first two games. Well, hell, they looked at really good all playoff songs. They, their bench did. Blake Griffin was out here doing, I mean, they looked really good as a team. But then one of their key pieces is out now. They look like ordinary basketball players at Garden City on Dunn Avenue today. Mm. That's what they look like. Blake Griffin ain't even playing the second half, don't even look like. What was he? Mm. KD was out there, I mean, literally trying to keep this thing going. Landry Shaman ain't see him. Brown ain't even see him. I ain't even hear Bruce Brown name. So when I look at this, so when I look at it, I'm like, wow, the Nets are now ordinary with an unordinary player on their team. Mm-hmm. But I just think once things settle down, because I think a lot of people just got caught up. A lot of people just got caught up in just the fact that the, the, the KD is just this. KD is his punching bag right now for us LeBron James supporters because we're just sick and tired of how LeBron is being done. But once the dust settles, you look at, like I just said, no, it's all Giannis now. Okay. It's okay. all Giannis. So, so I, I just got to get your opinion, D, because I Go know ahead. we were starting to have, talk about this in our group. Yeah. What do you feel? What type of pressure is on KD, in your opinion? I need to know that. I got you. I understand you putting a lot of it on Giannis because how Giannis been built up and the things he's done and two uh, regular season MVPs, been in the hunt for defensive player, one defensive player of the year. Last year? You know, what What pressure, I know the pressure you're putting on him, but what type of pressure would you put on Kevin Durant's back with all this that's going on? I want to see Kevin Durant lose his mind however much longer this series goes. The scenario, this scenario is possible. KD could go out and drop 45 this next game. Let's say KD got 45, 8, and 6. And they lose. Does the Heat need to go to Kevin Durant? Because their bench players couldn't do anything to help even get him anything? Let's say he comes out the next game and gives you another 40-piece. And Shaman and Harris and these boys give you a donut. Are we going to have the conversation that Kevin Durant didn't have what it takes to get his team to the next round? It's the LeBron James factor. I'm not saying Kevin Durant is more popular than LeBron, but we know how it is when LeBron can make it to the NBA Finals with me, you, Smooth, and Freddie Bricks on the team. I understand that conversation, but let's keep it real. The Bucks ain't the baby dinosaurs. 
They not. They want the baby that's so I give so yeah. Am I gonna give KD a full pass? No. Because you have to make your team better. LeBron James made his team better. He averaged 10 to 12 assists. We see LeBron go off for four to six, eleven, and twelve. Twelve of those assists came on probably three point shots that helped the team win. So I'm not gonna give him a complete pass, but I think the narrative has to be on Giannis more than KD. Okay. Just with this situation. Okay, gotcha. Now this is like the other way around. Let's just say, let's say this wasn't the Bucks, and let's say they were still dealing with Boston. Let's say Kyrie Kyrie goes down against Boston, Mm -hmm. and Kyrie and KD loses against Boston. Fire him up. Fire KD up. But when you look at it right now, the Bucks on paper, are they not the better team? They are. You have a two-time former MVP. Mm-hmm. You have a wingman who averaging $115 million on the paycheck and a former coach of the year. And you have a very good point guard in Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. So how much he is KD really going to take if he goes home but he drops 40 pieces and don't go quietly? How much is he going to get? That's where my mind went. Okay. That's what my mind okay. went. That's what my mind went. So we're gonna have to see how it turned out. So this is now the most intriguing series. And I I can't wait to see how it goes, man. Game five is slated for Tuesday night. Tuesday night, yeah. TNT, Tuesday night. All right, let's move on to uh well let's go ahead and let's talk about tonight, man. Sons and Nuggets, dear God. This is gonna be a short conversation. <laughs> Nicole Jokic, MVP. This was the year you probably didn't want to win MVP, in my opinion. And this is what I mean when I say that. No, I'm sure Nikola Jogic does not regret winning MVP. Congratulations to him. Phenomenal talent. But I said this two or three weeks ago on this show. Whoever gets that MVP on their home flow probably get blown out that night by 30. And dear God. <laughs> Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns been rump-a-pump-punning on them boys from Denver. I mean, Joker had 30, 20, and 10. And you lost by a dub. And now you're down 3 0. You're going home tonight. By the time you hear back from the sports desk, the Phoenix Suns being in the Western Conference Finals. Chris Paul is healthy again. Christ. Devin Booker is unguardable. These young boys. Hey. Shout out Cameron Payne. Who knew the kid who was dancing with Russell Westbrook in OKC when he was a rookie, getting cut, playing overseas in China for two years, made his way back to the league, and he out here hooping like this? He finna get 80 to 100, my he boy. He finna get paid. <laughs> the Denver Nuggets and Mike Malone have no shot. And they had no shot. And this will piss me off about the Lakers losing. We would have been doing the same thing to them. I'm just telling you. We would have been doing the same thing we to them. Oh, man. But bro, anyway, we don't ain't going to do there. that. Right. I'm don't just even do it, as bro. As a fan. We said we weren't going to talk about them, bro. But as a fan, I can't help but think it. That's my team. Dang, bro. But anyway, back to the Phoenix Suns because this is what it's about. It's over. Book CP3, I will be shocked if me and Black come in here on another episode and we still talk about this series. Get these boys out of here, get them brooms ready, and get the Phoenix Suns to the Western Conference Finals. What you got? Man, it's crazy, bro, that we think alike. Because I'm looking at this game, I'm looking, and I said to myself, man, I look when they announced uh, Joker won the MVP, and I'm thinking, I'm like, boy, Chris and Book might come out this thing. 
and smack smack Denver silly. And by God, by God, <laughs> by God, you know who I want to give a lot of credit to, and and I hate to give him credit, but I got to. I it's two know. people. I already know. It's two people: Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. Yeah. Those guys been doing it for so long and always came up short. Yeah. They are the driving force of this team being where they are. Defensively, Drake, Jay Crowder going to get up under you, make you mad. He get, he giving Michael Porter Jr. fits, bro. He giving uh, Aaron Gordon fits. Aaron Gordon right ready to go fight, bro. They under they getting under skin and they don't have Jamal Murray coming. They don't have Jamal Murray. He ain't coming. <laughs> what you bring Will Burton back for so fast? What he was going to give you? Nothing. You could have let him stay in street clothes. You thought you was going to get something to bring Will Burton, whatever his name. I'm probably, I think it's Will, Will Burton. I'm, mm. I'm, you shouldn't even bring him back. He didn't give, he didn't give you anything. This is just what it is. You don't have Jamal Murray to playmake for you. Your, your main playmaker is gone. Joker cannot do it by himself. I was, and I was really pissed when they beat Portland. Yeah. I was really pissed when they beat yes, Portland. Yes, yes, But Portland others didn't show up for Dame. The others did not show up. It's a bad look. That's a bad look, and now they finna get swept. Y'all better watch out for the Suns, bro. Everybody talk about, oh, man, oh, the Lakers lost to the Suns. Oh, man. Listen to me. The Suns have been a great team all year. Facts. All year. They've been a great team. They showed it against the Lakers. Not saying, And I'm not even making no excuses for the Lakers. They showed it against them. They beat them in six. The Lakers, LeBron James, they couldn't even get, them to get it to seven. And now they about to sweep Denver. the MVP in Denver and get them out of here and then go to the Western Conference Finals and sit and wait. And they're going to be chill. For whoever else. And they're going to have time. Chris, you... And Chris Paul has got healthy. He's going to get healthier. If they go, if, if once, once they send Denver home, he's going to have time to rest. The Phoenix Suns, in my opinion, are going to the NBA Finals. Okay, talk about it now. Are going to the NBA Finals talk because I, ju- <laughs> I just don't see how a healthy Chris Paul, uh assassin like D-Book, the defensive tenacity of um, DeAndre Ayton DeAndre and uh, Crowder. Crowder, how you win against that. And then you got guys like Payne, Craig, um, man, <laughs> I can't even, uh, Malik Br- Bridges. You got them guys who's filling it up from the outside. Mm-hmm. They are locked and loaded. They are firing on all cylinders. Beating the Lakers in six gave them put their confidence through the roof. Of course. Through the roof. They don't see nobody else. They don't see nobody else in there where the Suns are going to the NBA Finals. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 don't get me wrong. <laughs> I did not want to see my team lose, but if they was going to lose to anybody, I ain't that upset that it was the Phoenix Suns. If it would have been the Los Angeles Clippers, I, I probably would have just took a hiatus from the show. <laughs> but um, I, I and weirdly enough, when we was giving our predictions, I said that the Phoenix Suns are going to go to the Western Conference Finals this year and take on the Los Angeles Lakers. No cap. You can go and check the artifacts. And I know y'all how y'all like to go get receipts on your dog. 
But I said that they were going to go to the Western Conference Finals this year and face the Lakers, but we already know how that turned out. The matchup for Denver was bad. But even going forward, whether it's Utah or it's the Clippers, the Phoenix Suns look like the most jailed team. It's like they're clicking on all cylinders in every aspect. Shooting, defense, uh, uh, just scoring on the perimeter. Like, they just like they just clicking and firing on all cylinders. And if this team is not in the NBA Finals, it'll be a disappointment because there's this all of a sudden top five point guard conversation about Chris Paul. Out Out of the blue, I think it's asinine that he's not world-renownedly known as a top-five point guard in NBA history. Like, why are we even talking about this? Mm-hmm. And what's sweeter for Chris Paul, Chris Paul has always gotten bad break after bad break after bad break. Deep in my heart, I truly believe if Chris Paul was healthy for game six against the Golden State Warriors, they would have beat them. I believe that too. We have no way of knowing that, but in my heart, I believe they derailed that Golden State dynasty, and they go on to face Cleveland in the finals. But now we're looking at a situation. Let's just call it what it is. LeBron and AD, they gone. We see what's happening in Brooklyn. We don't know Kyrie or James going to return. We see what's happening all over the league. Is this the year that the basketball gods, gods say, hey, Chris, here you go. You know what, Black? I hope it is. Yeah. You still, you still, you still hope if the Clippers get their stuff together, you still got to worry about the Clippers. Tough now. matchup. It'd be a very, very tough and good if it happens sure. to be them and the, and the Suns in the Western for Conference sure. Finals. Or Utah for that matter. That's a very good basketball yeah. team as well. Yeah. So we'll monitor that, man. But yeah, this is this is a joke. Yeah, I, it, this it's is just, a joke. And, and I feel you, D, when they say the shit just really, it, I, when you say it really, oh, I'm sorry, it, it really pisses you off. Mm hmm. To see the way that they do that the Suns are doing are doing Denver. And Denver should have went home in the first round, man. I would have man, I I would have I would have I would have paid to see Portland and the Suns, man, in the semifinals right now. Oh God. I would have paid to watch Dane versus book. Dane versus book. I would have paid to see that. But hey, man. Shout out to the Suns, man. Hope they can get they gonna shut this thing down tonight and get some rest, bro. Rest up and wait for who they playing. But it's just it's just crazy to me that Denver don't even have an answer. Like Jokic out here on MVP night giving you 35, 20, and 10. And lost, like you said, lost by 20. Like, just throw that out. The, the, probably one of the most embarrassing MVP losses I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure, man. Crazy, for sure. man. But yeah, sure. shout out to the Suns, man. They're they gonna close this thing down tonight. Yeah, no doubt, man. All right, let's move along to the let's see. Oh, let's go to the Jazz and the Clippers. We're sitting at uh two games to one. Utah winning the first two. Clippers winning game three on this past Saturday night to get this thing to 2-1. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard finally look like what we all thought they could possibly look like with them playing on the same team. Black, what are your thoughts on this series, man? Is Utah in trouble, or are the Clippers getting ready to take command of this series? Um, I don't know. I don't know if Utah's in trouble, but I know I know the Clippers not going to back down, man. We didn't see the we didn't see the Clippers down 2-0 and how they responded. Yep. So it's it it, it would it really be a shock to see them win two? 
and tie this thing up, win one more and tie this thing up, it wouldn't be a shock to me. And I believe that's probably what's going to happen. I believe, I believe, really believe this series comes down to that game seven in Utah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Skip Bayless, shout out to Skip Bayless. He said, he said it perfectly. Playing in Utah with that crowd, it's it's hard to win there. It's an asylum. That's exactly what he called. It's an asylum. Mm-hmm. It's day crowd in Utah is crazy. Like I watching that game, I would have when the playoffs started, I would say, man, this New York crowd is insane. Atlanta crowd is insane. But watching Utah, that first game against um the Clippers, I was like, oh my God, this is this is New York times too. Like that crowd is I think that's gonna be the key. They already won one game seven on their home floor against against Dallas. Can they beat can they beat Utah in a game seven in Utah with that great basketball team they have? Cause we all know that those crowds bring energy and bring that little extra that you need sometime on the basketball court to 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 get over the hump. I think that's gonna be the key, man, to this series. I believe they I believe I believe this this going seven D. Um Shout out! I'm, I'm happy. You know who I'm happy for, man. And I and 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 it's it's an it's ironic that I can't give Paul George his dust due. Shout out to Reggie Jackson, man. Okay. Shout out to Reggie Jackson. Even though in a loss, Reggie Jackson uh, helped get these boys back. He had 29 points in a loss and just showed up in the second half when nobody else did. Yeah. Literally put the Clippers on his back, even though they lost. But then he didn't cool off. He bringing into Game Three. And I mean this this kid was so hot from three. I was like, oh my God. Yep. And 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 thank the basketball guys that uh Paul George and Kawhi seen that mm-hmm. and was able to be like, you know what, man? Look at Reggie Jackson, man. He's doing everything he can. Let's just get on board with this. That's what y'all should have been doing. Mm-hmm. If the Clippers play the best basketball they can play, bro, I wouldn't even say they would win this. This would go seven, but I believe it is because I don't think Paul George gonna do what he need to do. I don't think he's going to do what he needs to do. He showed up last night. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, court, great. But when it comes down to it, I don't believe Paul George is going to show up when he needs to. I believe I believe Kawhi is spending so much defensively on Donovan Mitchell. And then you have this guy, Royce O'Neal, guarding him, who is a pest himself. Like, it's it's a lot going on in this series for Kawhi. But he, they showed up last night, D. But this series going seven. Uh... I like it to go seven. It's going to be hard to pick a win, but I believe the Clippers should. I'm going to pick the Clippers. I think they could come out on top and get to uh, Western Conference Finals. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Utah looked so good in the first two games. The team did. The difference between the Dallas series um, and, and the Utah series is it was Luka driving it, driving it, driving it, getting those two wins. But Utah at home, the whole team played well, and they didn't have Mike Conley. Now, I don't know if Conley's going to be available at all this series. Even though Donovan Mitchell had exceptional performances, Joe Ingles, Bonjanovich, Clarkson, Clarkson had 21 off the bench in game two. 21. So, this Utah team, if they get going, they can win. I'm still going to stick with my Clippers pick in seven. I picked the Clippers to win in seven before it started. Because if PG, and look, me, per, I like PG. I do. He's a great talent. If you look at it, he's six foot nine, 
exceptional with a handle, can shoot it, can get to the rack, plays very, very good defense. He is a very good player, but Jalen Rose said the last night on NBA Countdown, let's stop calling him a superstar. He's not. He has superstar talent, but he hasn't shown that he can be one in the, in the most pivotal moments. He hasn't. But I ain't rooting for the Clippers ever. But I'm rooting for Paul George. It's like, look, bro, just hoop. Just hoop. And I think he got an opportunity to do that in this series. If last night was any indication, excuse me, game three was any indication, then the Jazz are in trouble. If PG and Kawhi averaging 30, the Jazz are in trouble. They in trouble. But like Black said, I don't have any reason to believe that Paul George going to come out in game uh, four and, and score 10. <laughs> I have no reason not to think that, but we'll see. But I'm still going to hold down the Clippers in seven. Will I be mad if Utah beat them? Absolutely not. I would not be. But I think as a basketball fan and for the NBA, a Clippers and a Suns Western Conference Finals would be box office. You got key names, superstars, up-and-coming talent, two really good coaches. I just think that the NBA would love to cash in on the Clippers and Suns. And as a basketball fan, I would too. Mm -hmm. And that's not to speak against Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz. It's not. It's not. But I'm willing to stay up late knowing I got to be to work at 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> watching me a Clippers and watching me a Suns uh, worst of the conference finals. Yeah. I, and, and didn't see any more news on Donovan Mitchell. Did he ever return in, that, in, in, in the last game? He did not, uh, but they said he is fine. Oh, okay, okay. He did not, but he, they say he is fine. And I'm sitting here wondering, could really it getting, um, what's, you just said his name hurt. What's, who hurt for the Jazz? Hurt for the Jazz? Yeah, uh, hamstring. You just said his name. Mike Conley. Oh, Mike Conley. You know, can can Mike Conley can Mike Conley come back and have that pre presence, that extra presence that the, that the Jazz need to get over the hump? I don't know. They they other before last night they seem to be doing pretty well without him. So I don't know, man. It's gonna be interesting to watch, man. But I think that hopefully the Clippers, man, are just just build on this momentum because this tells me when I see one hundred six to one thirty two, that tell me you were dominant. That's a playoff game we're talking about. Yeah, this is not a regular season basketball game. Yeah. 132 to 106? Yeah. Like, man, this <laughs> this is crazy. You had... Hold on, I'm going to go to the Bosco. I just want to see what it, see what the Bosco was. You had... Nicholas Batum gave you 17. Kawhi gave you 34. Marcus Morris only had six, but you got 17 from Reggie Jackson, 31 from Paul George, and your bench, uh, your bench really didn't give you too much, but, like, they had balance outside of Marcus Morris from the starting five. That's what you're going to have to do. You can't have, like you just said, Paul George throwing you in 10 and, and losing. That's that's not a good recipe for winning. Their whole starting five has to have to be productive. At least four of them have to be productive. And then when I see 17, 34, 17, and 31, that's productive out of your starting five. When you got Nicholas Batum getting 17, anywhere from 17 to 20, you're more than likely you're going to win. You're going to win. And then you got Reggie Jackson filling it up too. Like... Uh yeah man the, the the Clippers this is the chance to show man that they are the more dominant team over over the Jazz and hopefully man they could do that yeah for sure for sure so we'll of course monitor that series and see uh, how that turns out man how it turns out all right last playoff series to discuss you got the Philadelphia 76ers up two games and one on the upstart 
Trey Young led Atlanta Hawks. We got game four for that series on Monday night. Black, where you at with this series, man? Atlanta came out game one, and boy, were they impressive. But Philly kind of got this thing under control in games two and three. Black, do you think Philly's getting ready to just run away with this series, or will Atlanta have something else to say? Man, I don't. I think they're going to win, D, but I don't think they're going to run away. I think they're going to win. I still, I still think they can win this, and I believe Philly can win this in six. But I think um, uh, Atlanta, they're not going to give up. I don't think – I think Trey Young may have a, a good, a great performance uh, on, what, tomorrow night? I think he might have a great performance tomorrow night and uh, tie this thing up 2-2 going back to Philly. But um, at some point, Embiid going to wear on you, man. That's what we've been seeing the last two games. At some point, he's going to wear on you. And we've seen it, man, like Embiid out there doing what he want to do. I'm like, this man playing with a torn uh, – a, a meniscus uh, – Something with a, with a torn meniscus, man. He playing out there playing with a torn meniscus and being dominant. And I'm 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 happy for uh Embiid, man, to be in this situation. Like, if they beat the Atlanta Hawks, they go into the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm happy for Embiid, man, but Embiid's still the most dominant player in this series. They kind of uh they sh- shout out to Ben Simmons, man. He stepped up, he stepped it up on Trey. He stepped it up on Trey Young he defensively. Made it very difficult. So it made it very difficult for him, but Trey Young is still a scorer. I think he can fill it up at any time. So I think we get a great performance from him tomorrow night to even the series up 2 2. But I believe Philadelphia wins the series in six. That was the key. You just stated it. Ben Simmons did not take on Trey Young in game one. They had Danny Green on him. In game two, Ben Simmons was on Trey Young. Game three, Ben Simmons was on Trey Young. And it's been difficult. Every since for Trey. Can Trey score? Of course. Will he score? Of course. But he's going in droughts now. We're going two, three, four minutes without hearing Trey Young's name. Bricks are being thrown up. Then he'll come down and hit you a three. He'll hit you a three there. Embiid is just an unstoppable force. And he is wearing out John Collins and Capella. Wearing them out. Wearing them down. There's nothing you can do with him. He's literally unstoppable down there. And for him to be playing the way he's playing on that meniscus. I want to say Atlanta gets another game. I want to see that. But I'm going to just keep it real. My genuine thoughts is that they won't get another one. Mm, okay. I think Philly wins this in five games and they get a chance to go and rest and wait for this winner of the Nets and uh, Buck series that could potentially go seven games. Would I be shocked if Atlanta gets another one? No. Can Trayon go stupid at home in game four? Yes. But I'm looking at the game. That second half of game three Looks like what this series is going to be the rest of the way. Mm. A slow down, grind it out. They out rebounding them. Every time somebody missed, the Sixers got the ball. Ben Simmons six ten on Trey Young. I know Trey can shoot, but Ben Simmons is six ten. Yes, he is. So yes, he is. I think Philly's just going to run away with it. Do I think the games will be close? Yes, but when you look at what Philly can provide against uh, what Atlanta is doing really well. Philly can contain that. Yeah. And we've seen them do that in the last two games. Do you think Danny Green not being available to them could hurt them? And they could still be able to okay in this series, but do you see it moving forward into the Eastern Conference Final? Could that be a key loss for them? But I know they got a lot of guards. They have a lot of they guards. They a lot of guards. Danny is still really good defensively. Mm-hmm. So it could present some problems for Philadelphia, especially going up against Brooklyn. 
because you're going to need a lot of defensive help on that perimeter. But I don't know how much it will bother them, let's say, if they were going against the Bucks. I mean, Dana Green's not going to be on Chris Middleton. That would be Tobias Harris or Ben Simmons. So I don't really know where Danny – I mean, would you put Danny on Drew Holiday? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they would handle that. So against the Nets, yes. Against the Bucks, I think they could get by. I think they could get by. So we'll see. All right, so that's going to wrap up our NBA playoff coverage. We're getting ready to transfer over into the UFC. We had a fantastic uh, display of dominance last night by the style bender Israel Adesanya. But we're getting ready to kick that off right now. Reduce lunch sports, man. Come on now. All right, Black, let's get into it, man. UFC 263 took place last night live out in Scottsdale, Arizona. Let's go ahead and jump right into the main card. And I will say the prelims were was better than the main card. It was. It was some really good prelims uh that took place. Uh, last night, but let's go ahead and get to the main card. Let's start off with the top three fights of the night. Nathan Diaz made his return against a game, Leon Edwards. We have been waiting to see Nate uh, for, man, I want to say it's been three years since he fought Connor. That's a, no, no, uh, Masvidal, no, 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 it's been two saw, years. Yeah, it's been two years since yeah. he fought Masvidal. Um, I don't think there's really not much to talk here, but how did it feel seeing Nate back in the cage? We see how the fight went, and then we see how it could have potentially ended. Let's talk about that, Black. Yeah, man. Uh, shout out to uh, I forgot well, what's his name. Nate. Hey, yeah, not Nate. Leon. Man. Shout out to Leon Edwards, man. He was dominant in this fight. Yeah. He, he basically did what he wanted to do until the last two two minutes of yeah. the fifth round. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, man. Nate is the cardio machine, bro. Yeah. It's like we didn't been seeing Nate forever. Seem like we seem like I remember us watching Nate when I was we was in our twenties, bro. Uh, we were, <laughs> we were watching. So Nate in our yeah, 20s. like uh, shout out to him, man. Like I, it's one thing Joe Rogan did say that I to- totally one hundred percent agree with. No matter if Nate lose or win, he always going to be a draw. Oh yeah, because of what you got last night. He a prize fighter. Like <laughs> I was, I was not interested to see Nate. Turning his back, or <laughs> I found that very hilarious. I know, I love, I know he liked to play games. That's something we always seen from him and his brother. They love to play head games, and then when they get the opportunity, they may take a beating. But if they get an opportunity, because their cardio so good, they gonna never let up. And that's mm. what we seen last night. He threw the perfect right hand straight across Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards jaw. I was like, oh man, this thing might be a wrap. But it was was smart enough to know. Hold on, he didn't want. To, he knew not to trade with Nate. He knew. He held on for dear life, and he hadn't already had it sold up. So him holding on, trying to, trying to uh, just make it out of there, wouldn't have hurt him either way. Yeah. And he was smart enough to do that, man. But you know, shout out to Leon. It was hopefully 
you know, he's next in line. We'll see what happens with that for a title shot. You know, behind uh, behind uh, Kamar Usman, he has the next longest win streak at 10. And then it's Kamar Usman uh, over that or something. I don't know what his number is. But, yeah, shout out to Leon Edwards, man, for uh, – the perfect performance against Nate, but also shout out to Nate, man. Just, just for, just for man keeping the crowd into in it. He just he he entertains you. He keep you interested. That's what I like about Nate, man. Whenever he whenever he fights, it's not boring. It's not boring. So uh, shout out to those guys, man, and shout out to Leon Edwards again on the big win. Yeah, shout out to uh, Leon Edwards for doing what he needed to do. It was great, 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 great to see Nate back, a showman. A showman of the sport. When he gets inside that cage, it's fun. It's entertaining. Um, it was just good to see him, but he had nothing for Leon. <laughs> yeah, I almost just, did. <laughs> just like he had nothing for Masvidal. <laughs> Nate is an attraction, and he will still be an attraction. I mean, I think Nate on a three-fight losing streak. Lost to Connor, Masvidal, and Leon last night. Mm-hmm. But like you said, at some point in the fight, we know Nate's going to give us something. And he did towards the end. He caught Leon Edwards with a nice straight, and your boy was stanky-legging. <laughs> Leon was stanky-legging, and he's smart. Leon is smart. He knew the fight was almost over. He knew it made no sense for him to try to get that back from Nate. He was smart in the cage, and it got him a unanimous, unanimous decision victory over the legend Nathan Diaz. But it was great to see Nate. It was great to see him. All right, Black, uh, the highlight of the night for me, man, I was really rooting for this kid to get the job done. Brandon Marino uh, defeats Figueroa for the 100 and fly, what, the 125, I think it is? 125, 125 World Championship. We all know what this fight last December when they fought the first time. Fight of the year. Their first fight was epic beyond measure, and it was a draw. It was a draw, and I believe that it was a draw. When you go back and watch that fight, I was like, man, I really don't know who won. But last night, Mexico <laughs> got their first ever MMA world champion in Brandon Marino getting it done via submission in the third round. Black, what was your takes on these fights? Oh, uh, man, great. On that fight. Man, great fight, man. Brandon uh, Marino. Mm-hmm. That's his name, mm-hmm. yeah. I the, the kid is just, he got that, that pop to him. You know what I'm saying? To see him like... I missed the first fight. I missed the first. I had to go back and watch it. But to see him, man, he don't look like a guy who will give you all that energy that he gives you. Like, he he got all the energy in the world, and then he come out so slow and so calm, you wouldn't never think it, man. And his ground game is ridiculous, man. He he literally took Figueroa down with ease. It wasn't tough for him. It wasn't tough for him at all. And the way that he was using the punch and then the, the grab, I, that's always been one of my, in UFC, one of my favorite things to watch. How they use the, set up the punch and then get him down to the ground when setting it up with the punch. And I love that. That's what he did to Figueroa the whole night. Mm-hmm. He set him up with the punch and, and got him down on the ground, ground and pound. And just able to use his movement and get his arms, keep his arms moving and get his arms in the perfect place. To choke out Figueroa, man, Figueroa, and become the first Mexican champion, man. I'm happy for him, man. It's great. I hope he hold on to that belt for a very long time. I'm excited for the kid, but overall, I believe that's fight of the night, man. Great fight. Yeah, great fight. The kid's story is tremendous. He was in the UFC once before, and he got cut. He got cut from the UFC and had to go to other organizations to build up his wins and make his way back to the UFC. 
and um, he had the long uh, he had a long hard roll back to this spot. He got his championship fight, and it was a classic, but it was a draw. But I knew that he had some advantages in this fight on the ground because we saw it on the first fight. That even when Figueroa was trying to get him uh, get Moreno down, Figueroa had to give up on the ground game because Figueroa because Moreno was better. He was better. Figueroa is a uh, massive, dangerous striker. And Marino knew that. He knew that. And he kind of used that to his advantage by getting him down to the ground. Great master plan. Finding a position and catch his back. Get his throat. Choke him out. And now we have a brand new king of the 125 division. And I'm happy it's him. And the, um, I, the one thing I love about sports is when a team or a solo competitor they break through when LeBron won that championship for Cleveland we had never seen LeBron like that emotionally we didn't see him when he won his rings in Miami we didn't even see him when he won his ring in LA but that Cleveland ring Mm -hmm. that means the most to him yeah and we know why Mm -hmm. when you see when you see um when you see uh, like who did we just see win a championship? Tom uh, Brady. No, no, no. In the UFC last year, last week. Oh, Rose. When Rose came <laughs> back and come back from the grind, she went through just the raw emotion mm-hmm. that you know. Even when people in, in the NBA, like um, who won the, when Dirk Nowitzki won his first championship when they beat me, I just love those moments mm-hmm. when you see Tom, like you said, Tom Brady climb back. They went 10 years. They done been to trial. They done had all kind of stuff happen in New England. They get back and they get that first ring. It means a lot. So just to see Marino show that emotion last night, I loved it. I loved it. And I appreciate it. And I was rooting for this kid because I knew his story. I knew his story. And if you don't know about him, go uh, look at his story. You can look it up on YouTube. Brandon Marino. I'm telling you, it'll touch you, man, to see everything he went through to get to where he is. Just like uh, who, oh, Michael Chandler. Who beat Michael Chandler for the uh, 55? Charles Oliveira. Oliveira's another story. Mm-hmm. Everything he been through. And now he's a world champion, so I really enjoy and it's, it. And it's good for the UFC uh, guys that you've seen struggle a little bit, come somehow uh, find their way and be able to become champions. We seen that We seen that out of, uh, man, what's my guy name, who was the welterweight champion for so long before he lost to... Uh, Tyrone Woodley. Oh, uh, he lost to Woodley? Uh, uh, La- Who? No, no, no. Before Tyrone Woodley beat him for the Robbie belt. Lawler. R- Robbie Lawler was so bad for all those years. Yeah. And then he just went and then he just went on the out run. of nowhere went on the run and became the champ. And got that crown. And got that crown. And it's good. I think those type of stories are good for the UFC. To see guys who who started off not too good, but was able to keep you know keep working, keep working, keep keep getting fights under their belt, and f- get a win streak going on, win some fights, and get into these ch- title shots and become champions. So yeah, shout out to Brandon uh, Marino. Mar- Marino, man, on on a big win. To see his reaction, he he couldn't even believe it. It was great. Like it to see great. him get up and just stand there like in shock. It's really just like I is this it. really happening? I, I did, did it. it. Like next to next to Rose, seeing Rose win and seeing him, them two, they gotta be right up there, it man. Great. It's great to watch. It was great, yes, sir. All right, man. Let's get to the main event. Style Benda. Israel Adesanya bounced back from his loss, losing up in light heavyweight to that that brute Viking and Blackowitch uh last year. He returned to the middleweight division to take another crack at uh Marvin Vittori and 
Look, man, I, I'm not even finna act like uh this was just Don't something do phenomenal. It, bro. <laughs> I'm not even finna play y'all like this. Look here, man. Why did this man have a title shot? Why was he in there with Israel Adesanya? What did the UFC think and what did they think and see that would make them believe that this was going to be a fight? You go back and watch the first fight and the UFC, they tried to hype this up like uh, Vittori had won the first. He didn't win it. Israel pieced him up the first two rounds and Vittori got him uh, in the third round and that's, that was even somewhat iffy if he did that. Israel played with this boy. The skill that Israel has versus what Vittori had, it's not even close. Israel was joking around and laughing with this kid. My only regret is that Israel didn't get this boy out of here. (laughs) And we had to sit here and watch this for five full rounds. But the middleweight king is back. Hmm. And he looked really good. And I had no question. And a lot of people was concerned, man, he coming off a loss. Look, he wasn't coming off a loss in the middleweight division. Israel and the UFC saw an opportunity. The light heavyweight division was dead. It was at a stalemate. The Viking really didn't have an opponent. He didn't. And it just so happened that Israel lined up. He had just finished his last fight and just destroyed Paulo Costa with no injuries. So it set up for him to go up and, and wait. And me and Black were talking while this fight was on. We seen as soon as Israel was standing next to Black was dear God. The weight difference was just devastating. And Black Witch, let it be known, I'm the bigger man. And I'm going to assert myself as such, ultimately giving Israel his only loss. And that's the only thing that I hate. But back to last night, no contest. Nothing to really talk about. Just pure dominance. The middleweight king is back. He won. No surprise. What you got, Black? Yeah, man. Uh, D, I was in and out of sleep on this fight, man. <laughs> when we were discussing, talking about getting ready for the show, I told you. I was like, man, I fell asleep. I fell asleep in and out on this. When I woke up, Izzy was getting his hand raised. I was like, oh, I didn't miss anything else. <laughs> But I did see the one clip that I missed it. I was like, dang, why did I miss that? When Izzy was playing like he was hurt. He was yeah, like, ah. yeah. You know, but man, like, this was just a moneymaker for the UFC because obviously, uh, what's his name? The Italian guy? I forget his name, man. Marvin Vitali. Vitali got a mouthpiece, bro. He liked to go back talk. and forth. And yeah, you know that that sell tickets for the UFC. That's what this was, bro. Adesanya, style bender, aka style bender, total dominance. We've seen him be other than uh other than Gaslam, he's been dominant in the middleweight division. Dominant. And he stopped Gaslam. That was his toughest fight in the in, in the middleweight division, in my opinion. Him his and toughest Wicker, fight. Wicker. Himica was, but him and him and Gaslam. That was a war. That was a war. Yeah. That was a pure D war. But man, like outside of that, man, Adesanya is 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 playing with these guys in the middleweight division. And I'm so happy when they asked Adesanya. He went ahead and let it be known who he want. Let's get Wood. Come on, let's get Woodica, bro. Let's let's get this out the way. You've been talking. Okay, I'm the champ. I'ma call you out. Let's get it. Let's do it. I'm not scared of you. I'm not afraid of you. Because Adesanya hadn't been saying anything about Woodica because he beat him. Only right. But he's the champ. Look like he may have to run through this. Weight division again, D. I don't know because he failed at light heavyweight. He's gonna have to run through everybody once again because we don't know when we're gonna get an opportunity to see him elsewhere. So, 
Shout out to him, man. He gonna continue to be dominant at the middleweight at the middleweight division. Division. Yeah, nothing to talk about. The king is back. I do want to see him and Whitaker fight again. I wanted to see it before this fight, but Whitaker wasn't ready because he had to have surgery. So this is the fight I want to see. The first fight was great up until the fourth round, I believe it was, and Israel just kind of took over and finished Whitaker. But Whitaker was an honorable champion. Whitaker was is one of the champions in the UFC history that literally brought his hard hat and his lunchbox to work every day. <laughs> he grinded it out, grinded it out, and grinded it out and got some wins that he was a champion. So I definitely would love to see Whitaker get another shot at Adesanya. Does Whitaker have a chance of beating Adesanya? No, he does not. He's not talented enough. Is If Israel is locked in, there's nobody currently in the middleweight division to challenge him. It's not. Can Costa get back in there and go on a run and try to see if he could do something different? Okay. Will we want to see that again? Not the way the first fight ended. No, I don't. Because Israel played with him and got him out here in the first round. Easy money. The only logical thing is to hope that Blackowitz loses the belt. To a thinner, limber, more 205-er and let Israel go up again. Because he can't go down to 170. So I don't the UFC after the Whitaker fight, the UFC stuck with Israel. He they stuck. Like, what are they gonna do? And it's gonna be interesting to see what they're gonna be able to do with Israel Adesanya. Just a talented kid, man. He got the win easy. Uh Vittori, bro. You had your shot at the belt. Just go back to the middle of the pack and do what you do. Get your couple checks, dog. Because you won't be getting another title shot at all after that performance. All right, Black. UFC, UFC 263, it was cool. But I like I want to do this every time we have a UFC pay-per-view. I want me and you to give our pound-for-pound pound top five. Every time the UFC have a pay-per-view, maybe there'll be somebody that changes our mind and they enter into the top five. So, Black, let's talk about it, man. Shoot me your top five pound-for-pound pound best fighters in the UFC today. Oh, man, at, at number five, uh, I, had to, I had to put her in here because I love her so much, man. And she was so dominant, and I loved. I just love everything about it. Thug Rose. Shout out Thug. Number five. My girl. Thug, Thug Rose at number five. My girl. At number. At number four. At number four, I put, I put um, I put John Jones at number four. I put him at number four. Not enough activity. Still a dominant fighter. I put him at number four. Um, he need. I I need to see John, man. We hadn't seen John. You know, I don't know what the situation is, but hopefully they can get past that. So I put him at number four. At number at number three, I got Israel Adesanya. The style builder is still dominant, even though he went up the he went up he went up and lost, but he's still dominant. He's still that guy. He's still pound for pound one of the best. So I got Israel Adesanya at number three. At at number two, I got Amanda Nunes at number two. Double champ. You know. <laughs> Man, she, everybody that didn't been put in front of her, man, she didn't destroy them. You know, she's she's the goat of the women's division. And then at number one, Kamara Usman, one the most dominant fighter in the UFC right now. Right now, the most dominant fighter in the UFC. He continues and continues to just look dominant in his performances, and I think that's going to continue, man. Like he finna get ready to, to lap his division once again. But uh, hopefully, we'll you know we'll see some more great fights from him. But in, in, until something happened with him, he's pound for pound number one in my book, D. 10-4. All right, for me at number five, I have Valentina Shevchenko. Valentina Shevchenko, she has not been challenged. She has not been challenged. 
She barely breaks a sweat, and she's winning in devastating fashion. Devastating fashion. Number five, Valentina Shashenko. Number four, Francis Ngannou. Dear Lord, <laughs> how many bodies does he have on his right hand? How many does he have? <laughs> a lot of what he did to my guy Stipe Miocic, dear Lord. I'm mm. still praying for Stipe before I go to bed at night. Because that was a rocket right uppercut that he gave my dog. Number three, Adesanya, the style bender. Exceptional talent. Exceptional. The rise from where he came from to where he is now, it rivals guys like Conor McGregor. How quickly he got to the top of the mountain. The only difference is Conor was able to cash in on his two divisions. Yes. And Adesanya was not able to do so. But I got a feeling that Adesanya would want to try to do that one more time to see if he can get it. But I don't think that's in the future for him to do. But we'll see. Adesanya, number three. Number two, the lioness, Amanda Nunez. Pure dominance. Has not been challenged. Has not. They need to make the fight with Valentina and Amanda. Part three, get it done. If you watch the first two fights, both fights were very, very close. And it's arguable that Valentina beat Amanda the second time they fought. You can make an argument that Valentina won that fight. UFC got to get this done. Valentina and Amanda Nunez need to happen this summer for the 4th. Well, it can't be for the 4th of July. It need to happen whenever the next big card would be after the 4th of July for them. Get it done. All right? Number one, pound for pound, dear Lord, Kamar Usman. <laughs> Dominance at its highest is Usman. We're not even talking about him being dominant when he won the title. I'm going back before that. The man is literally crushing his opponents. He is literally stopping hype trains. He's literally going in there against former teammates who he trained with, who know him up and down and like the back of their hands and crushes them. This man has been challenged once since winning the welterweight championship. And that guy who challenged him, he ended up breaking his jaw. And Kobe Covington. So Kamar Usman is by far, now I ain't going to say that because I ain't going to disrespect Amanda. Amanda has been dominant. But Usman's ground game is impeccable. And his striking is getting better. He's now dropping dudes. I'll allow Jorge Masvidal. Has anyone checked on Jorge? We, we literally seen Jorge's soul leave his body when Usman knocked him out unconscious. Pound for pound best, Kamal Usman. So me and Black can be giving our pound for pound top five every time a UFC pay-per-view is over just to see if there's any uh, differences. I appreciate you, Black, naming roles. I appreciate you naming roles. Yeah, but I, could, I wanted to put roles in there, but I can't put over Valentino right now because... She's just been so dominant. But the reason why she a fan, she, I, I love Rose. I love but Rose. I love Rose, Rose. We got to remember this. Rose was so dominant before. She was. She you know, was. And if it wasn't for a, a drop on her head, she, still she would probably be would be. She probably would be in Europe. I agree. Yeah, she probably would be. I agree. Europe. But, but like you say, Valentino, I like. I understand it, but for you, I'm so shocked that you left John off. I haven't seen him fight. So he gets left off for you until you see him fight. Does he still fight? Uh, no D He hasn't been fighting last, Do you know the last person he fought? I cannot tell you sir When was the last time we saw him? Um, two years ago Was it? 
Was it two, two, yeah, two years ago? Well, no, know. he didn't fight pandemic year. When last time we seen him, does he still fight? It was before the pandemic. He's too busy giving us Twitter and Instagram videos. He didn't fight any but in the pandemic. I haven't seen John Jones. Why? I just thought about that. When last time we seen him? It's been three years, D. When the last time we even heard he had a fight booked? Oh, man. I can't put an inactive fighter. This ain't a GOAT list. This is a pound for pound active list. You're right. Have not seen John Jones. Mm. And I don't know when we're going to see him because the UFC is close to booking Ngannou versus Derrick Lewis. Well, I'm happy we're going to continue this after every yeah, pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So, okay, y'all. So, that was our uh, MMA coverage. UFC 263, not the best pay-per-view. We did get some moments. Shout out Brandon Moreno. Shout out Israel Adesanya. And we'll continue to cover MMA as we get these pay-per-views and we get these events, man. We really love MMA around here. All right, Black, let's go ahead and transition. We're almost done with today's show. Closing in on our second hour. But we're going to close out with some boxing. Uh, man, I, I tried my dog, man. I ain't even have my dog ready, man. Y'all think y'all finna sit up here and y'all not finna get this Roy? Y'all finna get this Roy, man. I, I done tried. I done tried, y'all. So, yo, let's get into some boxing, man. But first... All right, all right, all right. Shout out Roy, man. Y'all thought y'all wasn't going to get that? Of course y'all was going to get that. Of course you was. <laughs> all right, Black, let's go ahead and get into it, man. Last night, man, a up-and-coming superstar in the making, Shakur Stevenson, was back in action. Black, talk to me, man. What went down last night with Shakur Stevenson making his return to the ring? Yeah, man, it was good to see uh, Shakur Stevenson back. And one of the most active young fighters, man, we seen... Shakur Stevenson twice during uh, the pandemic uh, last year. and he now was one of the first fights back, right? One of the first fights back, and then he fought at the end, you know, at the end of the year, still in the pandemic, and now he just fought last night in a dom- dominating uh, dominating win, man, last night. Uh, so just want to give a shout-out to him, man, one of the great up-and-coming fighters. And after the fight, it was great to see him call out the call out these champions who who basically are dump du- ducking him like uh, Jamel Herring and uh, uh, Arthur Diaz and these guys. Y'all need to fight this kid, man. This kid is coming, and then he got a great support system behind him and and uh, Andre Ward and uh, Terrence Crawford, man. To see them with this guy and everything that he does, man, is great for boxing. But total dominance in, uh, performance last night that he gave us on ESPN last night. So, shout out to him, man. Yeah, shout out to Shaquille Stevenson, one of my favorite, man. One of my favorite guys. He's so talented. He got the look as well. He's going to be a flag barrier for the sport of boxing. I, I want to see Shakur Stevenson start getting some bigger fights. I want to start seeing these champions who, who've been ducking him come to the – Excuse me. Come to the front of the line. Come to the front of the line. If you're scared, drop your belt. <laughs> if you don't want to fight, don't drop your belt. Now, we know the politics in boxing, and they make me sick. I hate the it. The politics in boxing. It's a shame that this sport is where it is. 
because of the politics. But when you got guys like Shakur Stevenson, man, who are on the up and up, we got to start making some good fights. Man, I love to watch the kid for free on ESPN, but it's time to start seeing this kid's name on a pay-per-view mm-hmm. bill. It's time to start seeing it, man. Just like we see Tank Davis out here getting on pay-per-view, it's time to see Shakur Stevenson on pay-per-view. So these champions, these fraudulent champions who don't want to fight, hey, drop your belts. <laughs> if you don't want to holler at my dog Shakur Stevens, shout out to that young kid, man. Very, very impressed. And uh, looking forward to seeing what he does in his next fight. Hopefully he get a big fight coming up. All right, Black, let's get into it, man. It's the summertime. Yeah. Now, we've been blessed the last two years in boxing, man. We've been getting some great summer fights in all divisions. Welterweight, heavyweight, getting some really good Fights in the boxing world. We got some great fighters out there. We've already seen Canelo this year. So it's about that time where the blockbuster fights are going to take place. So, Black, let us know what's coming up. What can we expect in the sport of boxing this summer, man? Well, D, you better get excited, man, because we got a lot of good boxing matches this summer. I'm excited. A lot of action pack, a lot of superstars, man, in boxing. A lot of young, up-and-coming talent that we're going to see. And it, start, it, starts, off, it starts off next week, next Saturday. Today, uh, on Triller pay per view, my boy, Triller, Triller out here offering three point five million to Tefimo Lopez to come fight on their card. Okay, Tefimo Lopez versus George George Camboas for the junior uh, twelve rounds uh, for Lopez WBO WBA and W I mean IBF lightweight title. So next Saturday on pay per view, we get to see Tefimo Lopez back in action. Uh, also on the 19th in Houston on Showtime, Jamel Charlo is back. Okay. The undefeated brother is back okay. on uh, on Saturday night versus Juan Matisse. I could be butchering his name, but it's 12 rounds for Charlo's WBC middleweight championship. Okay. And then, D, we're going to stop here because this is your guy. I know you got to speak on this. June 26th. June 26th on Showtime pay-per-view. We got Mario Bar- Mario Barreros versus Javante Davis. 12 rounds for Barreros WBA junior welterweight title. Javante Davis is moving up in weight again to fight for a 140-pound belt. We try start to see a trend here with Javante Davis. Him moving up, challenging people because people don't want to fight him at the lighter weights. Now we're going to have a situation where Javante Davis is the smaller man fighting a bigger guy. So this fight is going to be a big deal, D. I want to see how Javante returns after everything he got going on outside of the ring personally and then fighting a bigger, tough, undefeated fighter who doesn't give up. Got power in both hands. So I'm interested to see what you think and how you feeling about this. I kind of know where you're going to go. But I just want to get your opinion on this big, big fight on Showtime pay-per-view on June 26th. Yeah, easy money. <laughs> Talent. Yeah. Power. Yeah. Skill. Javante's moving up away. Could he, he's going to be the smaller man. But, that mean, what does that mean? His power's going to be diminished? No. Javante Davis, man, three rounds. Give me that belt, bro. Yeah. Okay, here we go. July. In July, it gets even better. In July on Showtime, we got the other twin, Jermail Charlo versus Brian Castillo, 12 rounds. For uh, Charlo's W, uh, IB for IBF, WBC, and and for uh, the WBA Junior Middleweight titles, and Castillo's WBO Junior Middleweight title. So we have a uh, undisputed champion 
fight on our hands okay. on July 17th huh. with Jamel Charlo and Brian Castillo. So this should be interesting to write. Now, this is the Charlo brother who has a loss, yeah. but came back to... Shouldn't you, have it, but... Shouldn't yeah. have it, but came back, uh, avenged his win, then went on to uh, uh, unify a couple belts in that division. And then uh, July 24th. July 24th, what more could be said? The fight people, some people didn't want to see, but we're going to get it for a third time. Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. 12 rounds for Fury's WBC heavyweight title. This is not the fight we want to see. I'm just going to go ahead and be honest with you. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm going to say this one thing before I get into what I was going to say about this fight. I'm tired of seeing the videos. Because De- Deontay Wilder, as soon as you lose this fight, we finna make we finna make new content on you, my guy. All the videos about they forgot about you and they sleeping on you. They throwing dirt on your name. I don't want to hear that crap. This is your opportunity to redeem yourself and you better do as such, sir. Because if I know what I if, if I know what I seen the last fight, it could get worse this time around. So but July 24th uh, on ESPN, uh, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. On what? On ESPN versus Deontay Wilder. This is not a pay-per-view fight? No, it is not, sir. It has to be. No, it's not. It Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, 12 rounds for Fury's WBC uh, heavyweight title. And it's not on pay-per-view, sir. Well, they ain't going to... Oh, you know what, D? I'm wrong. It doesn't say if it's pay-per-view oh, or ESPN. Lord. It doesn't oh, okay. say yet. That's pay-per-view. Yeah, it doesn't say yet. That's pay-per-view. But, um, and, and, last, and last but not least, and last but not least, we get... Uh, no, it's not last but not least. I'm sorry. It's two more. Last but not least, uh, August 21st, Las Vegas, Fox pay-per-view, Earl Spence versus Manny Pacquiao, 12, round, 12 rounds for Spence, WBC, and IBF titles. This is the fight, in my opinion, of the summer. This is the fight. This is the fight of the summer in August to cap off the summer. To get Earl Spence versus Manny Pacquiao, last time we seen Manny Pacquiao against the younger fighter, in uh, Bronner. not not Bronner. He didn't fight Bronner. Uh, Adrian Bronner fought Pacquiao. No, no, he fought God. Keith Thurman. Oh, Keith Thurman. He, and, Keith he, Thurman. and he beat Keith Thurman. Even he knocked Keith Thurman down. Even though Keith Thurman was able to put pressure on Pacquiao in the later rounds, but Pacquiao still pulled out the win. Now he faces the tough Earl Spence. Different I breed. D, different breed. Like I, I don't know what to expect from this fight because you. Cause you can never count Pacquiao out. You can't never count Earl Spence out. I know. You know. <laughs> last time we I seen Earl, Earl Spence against a tough, rugged fighter, he won by split decision over Sean Porter. And that, so yeah, uh, yeah, we, okay. we 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 gonna see. I'm excited about this fight, but most definitely looking forward to Earl Spence versus Manny Pacquiao. And last but not least, my boy, you get a kick out of this one. August 28th, time to be determined on Showtime pay per view. We get Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley on pay-per-view. My boy, eight rounds for in cruiserweights, my boy. Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley to cap off the summer. Boxing is hot, my boy. What do you have to say about that one, sir? <laughs> I just wanted to end the show right there. I mean, just when you started saying, I just wanted to stop recording. <laughs> I want. I just wanted to stop recording when you said that. I, I, I black. I don't care. I can care less about this foolishness oh, man. with Lo- Jake Paul and oh, Tyrone Woodley, who ain't want to fight since I don't know when. 
Tyron Willie gonna get in here and get Molly walked by Jake Paul. I knew you'd get a kick out of that one. I, I was looking for some just some uh, another huge fight. You oh, first man. words out your mouth is Jake Paul. Oh, I'm man. straight on that, my boy. You let me know how that. Hey, it's out. boxing, bro. It's the summer. It's yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hot in the summer, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can care less. Honestly, I hope Tyron Willie get his block knocked off. That's oh, what I hope. Man. But whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. But yeah, boxing, man. It's it's on its way, man. You got a lot of up and coming talent, man. That we're going to be speaking on later, man. As some of these fights, you know, start happening and develop, man. But. The next, the next two weeks, man, we got big blockbuster fights, man, and Tefimo Lopez defending uh, on on Saturday, and then the following week we got Javante Davis uh, going to going to move up another weight class to get another belt. So shout out to those guys, man, for just giving us great shows, man. Those two guys always keep us interested in in, in the sport. Javante Va- Javante Davis and Tefimo Lopez, man, two of the best in the division, and I hope one day. We'll be able to see them two go at it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Very excited, man. Some big names, man, that we're going to get get to see uh, this summer. Looking forward to all the fights. Even though I'm not really particularly ex- excited, excited about Fury and Wilder, but these are two big names. And we haven't seen Wilder since the loss. All right? So I am interested to see how he looks. Has he trained? Has he improved? Does he have some type of boxing skills now besides an overbearing straight right hand or overhand right or uppercut? I don't know. We'll see. So it is intriguing to see if Wilder uh, got better. Huge fan of the Charlo brothers. Uh, and Earl Spence and uh, Manny Pacquiao. Look, Manny could come out here and shock the world, but I don't see it. I ain't going to get my prediction right now, but Earl already had his 2 no fight since the accident. He done had his 2 no fight. He done got the ring rust and the nerves out the way. Earl gonna be locked in this this go round, and Earl in his prime. Mm-hmm. He in his prime, and I'm just gonna leave it at that because I'll get my prediction <laughs> later. But definitely looking forward to that fight, man. So very very excited. All right, man. So that's gonna wrap up this episode, episode 122 of the Sports Says, man. We covered a lot today. We hope you guys enjoyed the show. We appreciate all the love and the support, all of the retweets, the likes, the the plays uh, that you all give us on all of the platforms. That we are on, we really appreciate it. Shout out to the NPN Network. Shout out to Reduce Lunch as well, man. We're just trying to do our part and make sure these brands are going strong, man. So, Black, you got anything before we get out of here? Yeah, man. Just like D said, man. Just appreciate all the love and support we get from our listeners and supporters. Man, we're doing big things here. Uh, NPN, Reduce Lunch. We're doing great things, man. We're going to keep on. Uh, giving y'all great content and putting out stuff, man. And you make it give making everything up so it'd be more interesting and people want to keep listening and keep listening. So, yeah, man, I, I'm expecting a lot from us, man, moving forward. And we're going to keep giving y'all uh great content, like I said once before. But, uh, yeah, shout out to everyone who supports us, uh, supports the Sports Dads, EPN, and everything. Appreciate yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, we got a lot of things coming up. Football season is fastly approaching. Shout out to our football correspondent, Rashad. Move them chains. We're going to be doing a lot of things with the Jaguars and college football. Shout out Tyrone Koppel. We'll get him back in here. College football is fastly approaching. Shout out Freddie Bricks. Shout out Smooth, our NBA correspondent. We'll be doing more with him. So you're going to be seeing more from the sports days as we lead into this football season, man. It's going to be really dope, uh, the things that we got coming up. All right, y'all take care. Y'all be safe. And uh, we'll be seeing y'all very, very soon. Hey, you never know. We might get some breaking news. You might get another episode 
Well, not might. If you get some breaking news, you will get another episode from the Sports Desk this week. But until next time, y'all be cool, y'all be safe, and we'll be hearing, we'll be talking to y'all very, very, very soon. Lunch sports, man. Come on now. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk? No, no, no. New sports desk.